Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. message this morning I titled words plus deeds you've got your Bibles turn me in John chapter 15 as you turn there I just want to say for those of you that have been a part of this church for a while you know how often times I actually read from John 14 15 16 and 17 because it's Jesus's last real message before he went away and I, I can't tell you how many times you just read those four chapters. There's so much meat of really getting the heart of Jesus and hearing what he has to say personally about you and reading where he prayed for you over 2,000 years ago that you would have certain things and walk in certain areas and just the blessing of God and, and the protection that he's spoken over your life is incredible. So study that out. But we'll begin in Matthew 15 verses 1 through 8 says that I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches and those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. And when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my father. I'm reading out of the New Living translation so i'm not certain if they had the exact same one up jesus told us to judge things by the fruit many people in here ever was wanting to do something before and then you you had to stop and take note of what is the fruit of what i'm actually trying to do and decide that you probably shouldn't do that seeing as how you're a christian those moments of like that's not very christ-like comes to mind amen so no doubt it's, it's a great revealer, Jesus said, to do that because the fruit will reveal everything about you. And so it reveals motives. It reveals ultimately what's happening. And so we're to take stock of what fruit we're producing, even in the sense of as the Bible talks about rebuking or, or, or pruning and stuff. There's reproving, rebuking, and exhorting. But there are some people that are just really, for lack of a better term, jerks. They just say hurtful things and say, I just tell the truth or tell it like I see it. Ultimately, the fruit reveals itself. They have no friends. They've cut themselves off and they've never helped anybody out because all they do is tear down. There is a place for rebuking. There is a place for correction. But when it's done right, it actually bears forth fruit. When it's done incorrectly, it produces no fruit. Amen. So the fruit will reveal whether you did it right or not. If Jesus said to judge things by the fruit, it means that from time to time in life, it is important to look back. And be honest with yourself about what you have produced. What have I produced in my life, especially in certain areas? It's possible to be very successful in some areas and very unsuccessful in other areas. Have good fruit in the area of your career. You're successful, you make money, but your marriage is in the pits. 
and, and falling apart because you don't have good fruit in the marriage. And you can, many, what many people want to do is then blame it on the other person. But you have to take stock of your own life from time to time and realize I'm the one producing these fruits. So there's areas in your life you got to go through. Look at, look at different areas of your life. How is there frustrations in your career? If there's a frustration in your career, then you got to go back and, and, and realize, well, what have I done to get where I'm at? And what can I do different to get to a better place? To produce the right kind of fruit, what needs to change in my life? Same with your marriage. If I had a great marriage when I got married, hopefully you loved them when you got married. Hopefully it wasn't an arranged marriage, but crazy story. Most arranged marriages last better than marriages of love. Did you know that? Because they go into it with a different mindset and they just make it work. People that are in love, they're just chasing lust, bro. And you was just feeling it. And then this person turned out to have a personality and an opinion about things. And they don't like what you like. And oh my gosh, I just don't love them anymore. I fell out of love. <laughs> you got to take stock of these things in your life. Children, your children. What, what, are you satisfied with the fruit of your children? Or do you want to see things change in their life? How about your wealth? How about your health? Are you satisfied with where you're at healthy? In your health right now. And you have to sometimes take note of that. And just go after these things. I was telling the, the uh, 9 o'clock service I met last year. I got the opportunity to eat a meal with Kenneth Copeland, obviously a, a well-known general in the body of Christ. And that guy's like 86, 87. What was he, babe? Something like that. Huh? 85. Okay, thank you. For, you, you Googled it. You just know. You get his birthday invites. Bobby's like, me and him, me and Kenneth Copeland, we tight, bro. You know what I'm saying? And so 85, and uh, he, he was sitting beside me. I bumped into him, and he was pretty solid. You know what I'm saying? Like at 85, he was stocky. I was like, you, you work out? He was like, yeah, I lift weights four days, five days a week. And then he pushed back on me, and he was like, you're more solid. And I was like, that's right, I am. <laughs> you said you're a prophet of the Lord. Amen, prophesy. <laughs> but but he, he said a statement that, that I really, which understand, I love Kenneth Copeland. I really do. He's very controversial. I mean, he believes that you can live to 120. If he, if he believes and confesses, that dude may, may, be, he may make it to 120, you know what I'm saying? But I don't want to live to 120, so I'm not, I'm not saying, like, I'm going to live to, I'm like, I will leave when, uh, when things, when I decide to leave, amen. The appropriate time, I will exit planet Earth, and it will be a delight, amen. amen. My goal is not to stay on Earth forever, my goal is to get to heaven. And so, but he said something that really, really struck, like, I, I was like, that's so true. He said, well, son... If you believe that God has called you and that you have a purpose from the Lord, then you have an obligation to God to take care of your temple so as to not hinder what God wants to do. And when he said that, that really was like, man, I so agree with that. How oftentimes do we hinder what God wants to do because we are ill-prepared, whether it be in those areas, whether it be in other areas. You can take that and apply it in many circumstances of your life and realize, if I believe that I'm called for such a time as this, if I believe that God formed me in my mother's womb for a purpose from heaven, then I have an obligation to God to look at my life and go through and realize what areas of my life do I need help from God in? What areas of my life do I need a breakthrough in? And then begin to focus myself on that area. Um, a couple takeaways from this scripture. Number one, it speaks about pruning. And that when you do produce, 
God will prune you so that you will bear forth more fruit. Pruning is not enjoyable, but it is necessary to produce greater fruit in your life. Amen. So what does that really look like in the natural? Everybody can say amen to pruning, you know, but if it's take your marriage, I want a stronger marriage. The pruning process is might be stop spending your time here. Stop wasting this moment or stop working so much and start focusing on your marriage. Right. And so it's, it's a price tag. Really pruning is an, a readjustment, a reassignment, a change of focus to where I'm like, I am, this is the area that I need to bear forth more fruit in. So this is the area that I'm going to listen to the voice of the Lord to get things better in. Amen. Maybe it's like you've been stuck at a level, it's finances, career, you've been crying out, crying out, you hate your job. Let me tell you something, if you hate your job, God does not want you, his goal in your, in, in, for your life is not to give you something you hate doing day in and day out so you feel entrapped. But maybe the pruning process is a scary process where God takes you out of that comfort zone that you have been in for a while and gives you something new. You take entrepreneurs, anybody in here that has ever started a business, you'll know. Everybody's like, I want the freedom of working for myself. First of all, working for yourself is not a nine to five. Working for yourself is your life, bro. And you have to face so many, many emotional Ah, all these things pushing, pushing, pushing. And when you meet a lot of successful entrepreneurs, do you know that they don't even realize they're successful until people start telling them they are? Because they're so in the fight. Boom, 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 boom. And they, someone comes, man, you just made it. And they're like, I did? <laughs> oh my God. My, I, for t- eight years, I have a business. It's actually working. Like you don't even realize it because you're in this it's, it is what it is. It's a pruning process where you're going through a process. Pruning, it's not enjoyable, but it's necessary if you want to bear forth more fruit. With your kids, think about pruning your kids. Maybe it's your approach to them. Maybe it's how you've treated them. Maybe it's this thing and that thing that's going on. And to get more fruit with your children, to, to strengthen that relationship, God will give you another way around that you've got to embrace and realize, if I'm going to be humble before God and ask for help to bear forth more fruit, then I understand something's got to change. You got me right there? Because to do the same thing over and over again and expect that you're going to get a different result is what they call insanity. Right? So pruning. John 15 talks about pruning. It's not always enjoyable, but it is good. Just because you're going in something that makes you uncomfortable, don't give up. Don't, don't lose and don't run away. Just embrace it. Realize uncomfort breeds great things. The more uncomfortable you are, the more you're going to lean into God. Amen? Second takeaway, it says remain in Him because if you don't remain in Him, you can't produce anything. If you withdraw yourself from Christ pull away from him, you actually cannot produce anything according to the word of God. And you say, well, what about wicked people producing certain things? It's shadows and dust, bro. It's here and it's there. It's gone overnight. You, let me tell you something. The only way to get true stability in your life is through leaning into Christ Jesus. And beyond that, I remember in Bible college, I wasn't the highlighted kid. I wasn't the dude that was going to be a preacher. I wasn't voted most likely to be in the next apostle. I wasn't on like you know, ministry 101's, you know, new ministry face of the year magazine. None of that ever happened for my life. Charisma, more like not charismatic. That was the the magazine I was on, you know. And so I went to this place where I felt frustrated, sad, whatever, everything, and tired. You know, I was faithful, but I was tired. And I told the Lord, I can't go. I can't do it. I'm done. I'm sorry. I quit. I'm 
through, I'm throwing the towel. And the Lord simply said to me, good, what took you so long? And I was like, what do you, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, and he was like, to go where I want you to go, you cannot get in your own strength. Any area of your life, when you're, for, you're honest and say, I want more fruit in this area, well, you need God to help you then, which means I'm humbling myself and I'm going to the Lord. Amen. Part of humbling yourself is sometimes seeking counsel. Not popular, but it could change a lot and it could give you a shortcut that could save you years. Get somebody that's been where you've been and listen to what they say. You could literally save years. Boy, it's going over well this morning. I tell you, I can already tell. It's going to end like the nine. By the end of the nine o'clock, people are on their feet saying, Pastor Caleb, you're the greatest gift to mankind. Your words flow like honey. I'm telling you, you're like the greatest thing that's ever walked the planet Earth. Thank you for your humility. Thank you for your, for your honesty. And I was like, no, 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 no. To God, to God, to God, to God. So, I mean, we're building there. You know what I'm saying? I can feel it. I feel the love. It's starting. To, it's like a, right now it's a coal, but it's going to get trickled up trickled up there will be a raging fire of just absolute affirmation and love for me before the end of the day not that I'm seeking it but you know what I'm saying it does make you feel good <laughs> remain in God you gotta you gotta you gotta say God this is the area this is the area I put my marriage in here I put my career I put my health I'm sick and tired of being sick in my body put this in your hands God and you're gonna I'm gonna bear forth much fruit 2022 I'm going to be the healthiest I've ever been. 2022, I'm going to be the strongest in the marriage, my marriage I've ever been. 2022, my career is going from this level to way beyond any level. I believe it. I confess it. I receive it. It is mine in Jesus' name. Amen. And it says, if I leave, those that leave, those that remove themselves, any branch that's removed, it says they will be cast away. But I want you to grab something. It says, if they leave. If they remove themselves, so the choice is always yours. Any area of your life that you have been offended in, that is a great area for you to face head on. Say, this is not taking me out. This Yahoo from Yahville will, Yahooville is not going to not going to break my passion for God. He's got a, not going to lead me down a path of bitterness. I'm not going to get caught up in this. He said, or she said, I'm going to be free. I'm going to walk upright, I'm going to love God, and I'm going to love even my enemies. I'm going to pray blessing upon their head, and I'm going to see the hand of God in my life. Amen. It's stirring that up. If you leave, that's your choice. People are like, yeah, but this person did that, and this person said that. You always have a choice. If you are drifting away from God, if there are areas in your life that are suffering, and you choose to ignore it, you're the one that chose to ignore it. I have friends that I've known for years they, they carry an anointing, they go into a service, power God will fall, people will be crying at the altars, laughing at the altars, breakthrough anointing, I mean supernatural things happening, go home, their marriage has always been hell. I mean at each other's throats, never in unity. He's traveling there and she's staying at home, taking care of the, uh, the home business, working her normal job in a secular world to support him, traveling the world and going to 30 nations, 40 nations. And I'm not talking about one. I know multiple that have been this way. And all they do is stay busy in ministry so that they don't have to face what's going on at home. Do you think that that's God's perfect plan for your life? Just keep traveling, outrun your problems. Sometimes you got to turn around, take stock for your life and say, I'm responsible for this and this thing is going to get better in Jesus' name. I'm going to produce better fruit than I've ever produced in this area. Thank you, God, for helping me in it. 
If you remove yourself, if you ignore it and ignore it and ignore it, that's you. That's on you, boo. I tell you, see, now the ember is becoming a little, it's like a pilot flame right now. Fourth takeaway, it says, if his word is in me, if his word is in me, I can ask anything. I can ask anything if the word of God is in me. You got to go, you got to look at the areas of your life that you're like, this is the area that I want to see the greatest turnaround, the greatest breakthrough. And if you're just hoping, that's good. But you've got to consume the word of God and realize what is God's opinion in this matter? What is the word of God say about this particular area I'm asking God for? Because a lot of the blessings of God are if blessings. If you do this, you will have this. If you go there, you will produce this. If you obey over here, this is the fruit of that. And you're like, that's, the, that's what I want? This is the commandment? Then it's, it gets easy, right? Then at that point, if the word of God is my stance, I can ask God to help me according to his word. Are you with me this morning? So it's not that I can't, I can't order God around. Are you kidding me? He's God. It's not like I can be like, God, clean this up. Like the Lord is my butler. He is not my butler. I am his servant. I delight in serving the Lord. His desire is that as I serve him, he would prosper and he would bless me in all areas of my life. But I got to get the word of God in my life because that's what I stand upon. And when I'm asking by the word, I'm asking for the will of God. That's what he desires. And I come in agreement with it. And then I will begin to have it. Are you with me? And fifthly, produce more fruit. Those that produce more fruit. Those that produce more fruit, the Bible says you're my true disciple and God gets great glory. As I talk about this, these areas, marriages, success, careers, health, it's not so that it's not ambition of man. It's not that I want to shine before people. It's not that God's going to bless me so I can say to all the naysayers, look at what the, you know, it's not that. It's actually saying that as you let the Lord work in your life and areas of your life produce much fruit, it, it is a, a proof to everybody that looks at you, when you say you know God and they look at the fruit of your life, they realize knowing God is what I want in my life because I see what God has done in their life. Are you with me? I remember going to a stranger's house when I just got saved as a, as a youth, we were a youth group in Nashville, and we went to this total stranger's house in North Carolina. I don't even know why we did it. Drove up, going out on the boat, and they were going to do like a ministry time with us teenagers. And here I was, wild, you know, rough kid from Tennessee, not, not like in the, didn't know the Christian lingo, didn't know all of that stuff, just fresh, love Jesus. Sometimes I let a four-letter word slip out because I'm trying to express what's going on and I'm excited about it, amen. First time I ever preached, I used three cuss words and the place went wild. It's amazing, really showed the climate of what I was preaching in, you know what I'm saying? You know that's right, brother. <laughs> but I'm there. Don't even know these people. I don't know them from anybody. And I remember sitting down on their carpet and like the peace of God was just, I was like, man, I love this. This is such a peace here. And I remember I'm a stranger in this house and I laid down and took a nap on the carpet. Like that's awkward, bro. Like who in here, you know, who, you ever had a friend come over and they like fall asleep on your carpet? Like just a stranger and I'm like sitting there like uh, waking up drooled on their carpet and I just remember being so impressed by the fact that that's not natural 
That's the peace of God in this place. These people practice what they preach. And their home is blessed because of it. And I could tell that, that the Lord was with them. You talk about producing much fruit. It's not ambition. It's not so I can be better than my neighbor. It's not so I can outshine you. It's because when I produce more fruit for the Lord, he gets greater glory. And what do you want out of your life anyways? Do you want the accolades of man or do you want to give God some glory? Amen. I want to give God glory. I want to make him famous. I want people to look at me and boast about him. Amen. I want, to, I want him to get glory in my lifetime. I want to make Jesus more famous in 2022 than he was in 2021. I want more people shouting his name. I want more people worshiping the Lord. I want to make Jesus so famous because I know what he has done in my life. So when we talk about bearing forth fruit, it's not because I want to be better than people. It's because I want to show my generation the fruit of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He doesn't just bless small portions of your life. He gets in the middle of it and everything gets sweeter. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. So talking about bearing forth fruit, talking about taking stock of your life, saying these are the areas that I want to change. We're moving into 2022, start of the year. It's a fresh start for everybody. It is, it is psychologically really proven that people do better when they have that clean break. That's why baptisms even are supernatural because when you have that water baptism, you can come up and say from that moment, everything's changed. You're going into 2022. What do you want to see sweeter in 2022 than you saw in 2021? Put it before you right now and pray into it and get the word of God in it. Amen? Now watch yourselves. Now I'm going to keep moving with this message, words and deeds, but just laying it down of, what area do you want more fruit in? Turn with me now in your Bibles in James chapter 3. James 3, 1 through 12, reading in the New Living Translation, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. <laughs> I read that in the 9, I realized for the first time the irony of reading that in a church service. Amen. For who, we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. I'll read that again. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. So we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could, could also control ourselves in every other way. This is wild. So wait a second. We all make mistakes. And the reason, if we could just control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. The tongue, bro? We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship that turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. Really, the tongue. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body my gosh we're talking about the tongue bro the taste bud capital of the world it's full of wickedness the bible says it can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself jesus people can tame all kinds of animals birds reptiles and fish but no one can tame the tongue it is restless and evil full of deadly poison Sometimes it praises our Lord and our Father, and sometimes it curses those who were made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh and bitter water? 
Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring either. Isn't that potent? Some things you read in the Bible, you're just like, you really don't even have to have, like, you don't need that, like, bottom, you know, theologian commentary. Well, what the, what the, what the scholar was actually trying to write right now was that Antipas, Antipas of 15, you know, whatever they come up with, it's like the tongue needs to be ruled over. I'll tell you what, it is easy, it is easy to grumble. You ever notice how easy it is to grumble? Bro, they're like, like, as soon as you wake up, you just want to start grumbling. Nah, <laughs> Coffee's weak. I'm wearing my shoes. Summer's cold outside. <laughs> Dog's barking. <laughs> I mean, it comes like so easy to us to grumble. You know what I'm saying? Like most babies' first words are negative. No. <laughs> no. Stop it. It's like, where do they, where do we, we are natural grumblers. Bad news Travels fast is the saying. We are so good at complaining. It comes natural to a human to complain. And we do label it in the church discernment so that we sound spiritual and don't have to actually change what we say. You know what I'm saying? It's just intuition. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's the Lord. I feel this is what's going on. Yeah you, yeah, you feel one way. Your mouth goes that way. And then you have exactly what you say you will have. Come on. Right? the truth of the matter what the bible is saying is if you could rule your tongue all areas of your life can get better if you could rule your tongue all the promises of god begin to manifest themselves if you could govern any part of your life if you could just get the tongue to line up with the word and declare that instead of all the junk that it wants to declare then you would begin to walk in the fullness of heaven's blessings amen it is easy to be mad and say wrong things anybody in here ever been mad and said something you shouldn't say come on bro it's like, it's like the famous 10-step process to your wife. Knowing the whole time, I'm going to have to say, I shouldn't have said this. I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I'm a loser, please forgive me. So then your own mouth, as you're trying to apologize, then you degrade yourself too. Don't we? Well, with me, I'm a loser, and you've just, you know. Then your wife's got to turn around and have the faith to build you back up after your moronic self said something you shouldn't say. <laughs> This woman does it very well, amen, right after she gets in the first jab and then comes at me. I love my wife. She's awesome. And the beauty of my wife, see, if someone came to me and said, bro, your wife was talking about you after the service outside. She was saying this and she was saying that. I could confidently call that person a liar because I know my wife. She doesn't talk about me outside. She talks about me to my face. Yeah. Like I know everything. She she has not said that yet. She will say it. When she wants to say it, it won't be out there. It won't even really be with just me and her in a corner. It will be probably with witnesses around. No, no. I, I, the, uh, she used to do that when we were first married. And I was like, babe, why do you do that when everybody's around? Like, I'm sorry. We'll do it privately then. I had to teach her about a man's ego. You can damage a man's ego. And then after that, he's just a loser. You got to keep your king a king. You know what I'm saying? Build him strong. Tear him down in private and then lift him back up. You're I'm just having fun. (laughs) 
it's easy to speak doom. You ever notice how easy it is to agree to speak something negative or bad that this has happened, an omen, this may happen. It's actually easy for people to say that. You know, I've met a lot of people, even in the sense of serving the Lord. Now that you serve the Lord, just get ready. Because now the enemy's going to come at you. And you're going to be in a battle. And you're going to be in war after war. And it's like, bro, like, why do I want to talk about it? Like, you have just sapped the joy of my salvation out. I even had a dude one time. I was preaching. Preaching, power of God's in the place. He came to me and said, I used to be like you when I was young. But I have matured. And one day you'll mature too and realize it's not a bed of roses. It's like the preaching in the back of the room to me. And I was like, may I never mature like that. Like, may I be a child in the kingdom of God all the way till I'm 88. You know what I'm saying? May I have joy all of my life. I don't want to be the dude telling people about how tough it is to serve God. I want to be the person telling you how sweet it is to know the Lord. He is good. And all the time he is good. I am sorry that that is your lot. But your lot is oftentimes what's coming out of your mouth. I'm just saying. But it requires faith to bless. You actually need faith to bless. It takes faith to declare the word of God. It takes faith to bless your enemies. It takes faith to declare life over death. It takes, le- it takes faith to declare the blessing and prosperity when you're looking at something that looks like I can't even pay this bill. It takes faith to move in the opposite spirit. When I was in college, I, I went for a business degree, international business degree. We took a, a, a class talking about financial planning and they were going through the stock market and investments. And they were explaining the stock market and they said, when you go into the stock market, you have to understand that it is built on two emotions, fear and greed. Everything in the stock market is built on the fact that they can take wealth from the multitudes because of the manipulation of two emotions, fear and greed. For fear of missing out, I buy in at the wrong time. And then for greed, I'm going to lose too much, I sell at the wrong time. And the whole market is predicated on that's how wealth is made for those above because they understand the manipulation and they know that they're pulling on your emotional strings. So for a person to be successful in investment, now this is just business talk. You have to learn to move in the opposite spirit, they say. So when everybody is selling, you actually go buying. Now, it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel right. It feels like I want to be with the crowd, but you've got to understand the crowd is the crowd of lemmings that is being manipulated. And just in the market alone, you've got to realize I've got to move in the opposite spirit. So in your life, if things come at you, You've got to realize, anybody, the Bible says not to worry about anything, but I promise you this, you're going to have many opportunities in life to worry. You're going to have it thrown at you, and when that comes, when anxiety comes, when frustration comes, when these fears want to manifest themselves, it takes faith to discipline yourself to not voice the problem, but actually immediately go in the opposite direction and begin to speak out of your mouth the, the, the supernatural things of God. It's like your life, sickness comes at you. You want to go into this place of this whole trial, tribulation, and all this. You've got to just discipline your spirit to say, no, I am healed of the Lord. By his stripes, I'm healed. I am, I am a conqueror. I am an overcomer. The healing balm of Gilead resides within me. The promises of God are yes and amen over my life. And you've got to take faith to do that. And your mind's yelling at you saying you got it wrong. But your spirit is agreeing with the word of God. And from that, it begins to change things. 
And I realize a lot of what I ministry is on this because the Lord has me minister a lot on the mind, the battle, the confession. But I want to switch it slightly today because I realize I always focus on that part of prophesying life over death in the midst of circumstances, blessing and breakthrough in your finances when things look dim. But if all you're doing is waiting till opposition comes to voice things out, you miss the sweetness of all of this. Don't wait till an area is challenged to begin to speak it. Speak it out every day of your life so the challenge is so small when it finally gets there because it's already been defeated and you're walking in the manifestation of everything that comes from your mouth. Come on, somebody. I'll, challenge, I'll go a little step further. In this regard, if the Bible says that, that the Lord, let me, let me read it, Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. So he doesn't, so he, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Really, what you've got to get in your spirit is realizing the reason why God cannot lie is because by virtue of creation, if he says it, it happens. So his words are creative. And you've got to get to the point where I realize my words are creative, not descriptive. Are you with me? So I'm creating. So how many things, how many challenges maybe you're facing right now, you're actually facing these challenges because it's the fruit. We started with fruit of what you've been saying years before. Well, I started saying these things and now I'm walking in and now I'm changing my confession to confront anxiety, to confront fear, to see a breakthrough in my marriage. But really it's the fruit of what you were saying before. So if we could get it in our spirit from this day forward, moving into 2022, I'm going to rule my tongue. My tongue will not be used from hell. My tongue will not agree with darkness. My, my tongue will not agree with fear. My tongue will agree with the word of God. And I will speak it out and speak it out. And if you can get the discipline, then your life will be on a trajectory of increase. Do you believe it? If you believe it, say amen. How many people actually believe what I'm saying is truth by the word of God? Anybody here, you think this is total fruitcake stuff and you don't believe anything? All right, just checking. Because I'm always ready for a little showdown at the OK Corral. No. Don't wait until you're sick to declare health. Declare health while you're healthy and live with it. Amen. Don't wait until you're looking at a financial need to talk about the blessing of God. Now, if you are at that place now, I'm not shaming you. Saying, get in the word as we start it, get the word in you, stand on it, confess it, and see God turn it around. But then don't fall asleep at the wheel until you're back in a place of need and then begin to confess it again. Stir your spirit man up all the time to declare and utter these things every day of your life. Rise in the morning and bless the Lord. Amen. I tell, when I drive in the road, in the car, when I'm by myself, I really don't ever listen to the radio. I don't care about the radio. I didn't even listen to Christian music because most of it, I'll just be honest with you, is pretty depressing. It's like 18 minutes of woe is me and then at the end, but the Lord is, you know, like, can we just talk about how good he is or something? I focus, I even tell our worship team, focus on two things. You're either singing to God or you're declaring something out. Those two areas is what I go after. You're declaring and prophesying and, and unction or we're singing directly to God. I don't want to talk about God. I don't want to sing about. I want to sing to him and I want to declare. Because I feel there's power in that. Amen. 
So it's like when I'm driving, I'll tell you, oftentimes I'll drive and it just starts coming out of my spirit. And I'll, and I'll do it. And, you know, Father, I thank you, Lord, that today is a day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it at all times. Your hand is upon me. Your angels are about me. Your shield of protection. You are my refuge. You are my strong tower. And I just stir myself up. Now, I'll tell you, many times when you start, you don't want to do it. I've been working out for three and a half years of my life, I think now. Every time I work out, I leave the gym being like, thank man, I feel great. Yet every morning I wake up and my body says, don't do it. Every day, nah, just skip today. You don't need it. Just eat a piece of pie. You'll enjoy that. And I will. I will enjoy the pie, but I will enjoy the workout even more. But it's still the same thing. It's the same thing in your spirit, bro. It's like you started, you don't want to do that. You're not, you're not thinking today's a great day. You're thinking, my gosh, ah, I read the wrong news report. I started the morning by turning on CNN. Shouldn't have done that ever. Now you got that fog and you got to learn, man, I'm going to declare, I'm going to declare, I'm going to declare until you stir yourself until the spirit takes over. And then actually you begin to have that joy and that flow and it's coming from you, man. And it's the word popping out of your mouth and man, it changes the day if you'd walk in that. Amen. Amen. So you've got to learn to realize Jesus said in Matthew 15 verse eight, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, and they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Then Jesus called to the crowd and said, Come and hear and listen, and try to understand that it is not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. What is Jesus even talking about there? He's actually talking about the manipulation of man to take righteous things and lie from your mouth in a false way to remove yourself from it. Because of this, what he's addressing is people that... We're supposed to honor their parents and take care of them. And then they said, well, we're going to give the money to the Lord when we die so we can't support our family. Jesus said, that's fake, bro. You're honoring me with your lips, but you're totally full of it. You're full of wickedness. So a man that just carelessly uses his words and lies, you're going to begin to eat the fruit of that in your life. When you begin and just carelessly let your words flow and don't take note of what am I declaring out of my mouth? Is what I'm saying my bond? Is my yes my yes and my no my no? Are my words honorable to God or are they not honorable to God? Because as we started from the same mouth, you can praise the Lord and then curse another child of God. I've seen people pray in tongues, kuramba, full of, full of that, can speak in tongues and walk out and cuss, cuss their wife. Say every negative thing that comes under the sun from them. And it's like, where is the disconnect right here? Because it's like you have no control over what flows out of your mouth. And then you're going to wind up eating the fruit of it. And my friends, let me tell you, I challenge you at the start. We're talking about bearing forth fruit. What area of my life do I need more fruit in? Well, then what area of my life do I need to line up my mouth with the word of God and get it so in my spirit that from this day forward, I walk in a greater level. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about preaching. I thank God that I'm a preacher because it helps me. I have to preach words of faith. I thank God for a church that pulls it out of me. You guys are hungry for God, so I have to always continuously be stretched to go to another level. That definitely helps me. I would say it's an advantage. Amen. Amen. I really would. Because you pull it out of me, so I can't come here empty every Sunday, and y'all be like, I'm going somewhere else, bro. This guy used to have it. He ain't got it no more. 
It pulls it out of me. But I'm not talking about preaching because we're not all preachers. I'm talking about when things come, when that, when that first thing comes, the anxiety, or you just want to move in faith in an area and you're like, this is the area. You know, like I'm sick and tired of this area being at this level. I'm not struggling, but I want more. I want it to be greater. I want a breakthrough. My vision is more than what I'm seeing right now. This is the area that I'm going to bathe in prayer and speak over that everything I can muster and just move in faith in that area. When you begin to do that, the moment you do and you move in the opposite spirit, declaring things of life, you begin to have it. Amen. But you have to put a guard over your mouth. What have I been saying? What is the fruit of what I've been saying that I'm now dealing with in my life? I've seen people give their testimonies, start out on fire giving their testimonies in, my, in our church in Nashville. And then over time, their testimony went from what the Lord had done to where they harpered and talked more and more about what they used to do. It was a switch. And then they would be in a 40-minute testimony talking about the good old days of drinking and partying and all the things they once did. And then at the end, but the Lord turned my life around. And sure enough, you could see as they, they begin to talk, talk, talk about the good old days, bro, it was never good without Christ. Let me tell you right now, I remind myself all the time. I cried out for God to change my life because it was hell without the Lord. And he changed my life. And so when I give my testimony, I know I'm talking about a dead dude. That guy's dead and he's gone. I ain't digging him up no more. That's illegal in most states anyways. <laughs> but I've seen them switch. And then sure enough, when they highlight the old man from their own mouth, Give it two, three months, they're out of the church and they're right back into hell because it's the shift. It's the shift. What is my mouth praising? Whoever I talk about the most is going to be there. Whatever I declare out of my life will be the fruit that I have. So I'm going to declare, what should I say then? Well, the Bible told us in Matthew 15, if you remain in me and my words remain in you and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. It's the discipline to get the word of God in me so that that is what I stand on and that's what comes out of my mouth. When challenges come, there should be scripture coming to mind. Amen. Chapter and verse. Amen. Be like, that's in Romans. My God, I know what to do. The law of the spirit of Christ has freed me from the law of sin and death. It's illegal. I mean, you got to have that. And let everybody else call you insane. But then when they see the fruit come to pass, they're like, maybe you're more sane than I knew you were. Amen. What do I say? I say that. But you know, years ago, I was reading a book by Reinhard Bonnke, and I do read from time to time. I recommend you do it just to stay sharp, you know, just so you can understand uh, your vows and stuff like that. I'm reading this book by Reinhard Bonnke, and he said something in the book that I'm just going to be honest with you. I read it five, six, seven. I didn't like it when he read it, when I, when I read it. I was kind of like, that's, I don't, mm, I don't, it graded me. How, how does he say it? Reinhard Bonnke was a great man of God that no doubt produced much fruit. Okay, but he wrote in the book, he said, the people that God uses the most, he said, are the brassy, outright, full, you know, bold, you know, just bold as a lion, come in just talking big. I mean, they're the, those are the ones that God uses most. The ones that are just so bold, they don't care. They just declare, declare, declare. Big old talk. And when I read it, it really, I mean, it made me mad because I'm like always been more the reserved guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not that guy. And I'm like, what? Wait, but God could use everybody. He could use the quiet mouse in the corner. You know, like, I'm like, I was that guy. All of a sudden, like, Reinhardt, I don't like you, meanie, big mean, mean tweet, mean tweet. <laughs> like, my feelings are hurt right now. 
So, you know, I had to chew on it. And then I was in, in Virginia at a mega church one time. It was, it's like a 4,000 member church. It's a huge church and massive building, epic place. And I was there with my father-in-law and he was preaching and, and I went in the back room with the pastor and the pastor came to me and he said, you know, I remember the first time I met your father-in-law. It was 1987. He was in America testing the waters. He didn't bring his family over yet. 1987, he's in his early 20s. He walked into my church at our conference, Word of Faith conference, major speakers. And he looked at me and he said, you need to have me preach tonight because I've got the word of the Lord. And I'm telling you what, you, you turn me loose in this whole thing. This whole conference will break free. First time he ever met the guy. And I'm thinking, how cocky can you get? You know what I'm saying? Are you, are you with me right now? He said, but I thought, what a cocky young man. But then he said, but I thought, you know what? It can't hurt. Let's see what this young cocky dude has to say. Gave him the microphone. Place got broke free. So it was a great meeting ever since then. I always let him preach when he comes through town. And I walked away feeling like this big because I'm like, dude, I'll never be that guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm like the guy that if you find it in your heart. If it ever be your will, <laughs> buy me last pape type thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I, <laughs> 23 year old. That's what I'm like. That's what I got to do. I just got to go to the next 10,000 seater auditorium and walk right up and take the microphone. Sit down. I got the word. But where is it centered in? This is the difference. So this is the difference. If you, it goes back to even what Kenneth Copeland said. Well, if you are a minister of the gospel and you think that God called you to minister and put his word in you and gave you a message, then you should have that fire in you to realize this generation needs to hear what God has called me to tell them. It burns in me. It burns in me. That's where it's coming from. And when you read that, when I read Reinhard Bonnke, no doubt the guy had the fruit to back up his statement. It's not like you could say, Reinhard, that didn't work for you. 78 million decisions for Christ. I think he has the fruit to say what he wants to say. And that's where you, I'm talking about, that's where I'm talking about pruning. You got to look at people and be like, what are they saying? And how did they get there? They got there because they tapped into something. And the key is big talkers are oftentimes big doers. That's the key, because when you talk big and you don't back it up with works, bro, you're just a hot air balloon and you're going to float into nothing. And you're here today and gone tomorrow and no one looks up to see where you landed. But if you're a person that talks big and then takes that and you build and you build yourself up and you're talking big all the time, ever putting before you to stretch for more and do big things, that's the person that changes generations. That's the person that changes lives. You should be that person in your family. Come on. My extended family is not serving the Lord. Then you should be the person talking big, walking big in such a way that they're looking at you saying, they have what we need to have. Let's get what they got. Stir that up within you. James 2, 14 and 18 says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? What kind of faith, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But when you don't give that person any food or clothing, what good does, does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds. Shout deeds. deeds. It's dead and it's useless. 
Now, someone may argue some people have faith and other people have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Amen. Ushers, you can go ahead and begin to pass out the declaration pages now at this time. What's the Bible saying here? If all you ever do is speak, but you never ever do anything, you're useless. There is a great place or a true place of intercession. But there's a true place for evangelism in both matter. And too many times people want to be in one corner and not step into both. You got to discipline your mouth to speak the things of God and then discipline from your mouth, your body to go out and carry it out each and every day. I will do what I say I will do. My yes will be yes and my no will be no. When I speak the word of God, that will rule my life. It will not be where I carelessly cast it aside and I know, but I will look at the word of God and that will be the plumb line of my life. My decisions will be based upon it. If you declare wealth and you have great wealth, what now do you do with the wealth? Think about that. If you declare supernatural health and healing over your body, what now do you do with the health that God has given you? Your deeds matter. Great action produces great things. As I was reading this this week, it wasn't like it was a great revelation, but I thought of this, and I, and I thought it might bless you. The Bible talks about we prove our faith by our deeds, by the actions that we do. Because a deed is defined as an intentional act. Something that we do consciously and intentionally is a deed. I purpose to do this in my life. That is a deed. It's not something you accidentally do. It's something you intentionally and you purpose to do. But deed also is a dual meaning. It also means a legal document that proves ownership. As we started talking about, may we produce more fruit to give God great glory. What I want to challenge you with this year is moving into 2022. May your life go to such a level that you go from prophesying to manifesting the things of God in these areas of your life. May it come from something you speak of to come to something that you live right now for everyone to see. May it be a deed or proof of ownership of the blessing and the favor of God upon your life. As we pass these declarations out, we're going to go over these today. This is something you can take home. I recommend please put it on your refrigerator somewhere close and just take a few minutes every day and, and speak this out. I gave these out. I, I put together a declaration sheet probably five years ago. That there are still people in the church that still have them and still declare them. And so it's been on my spirit to do this again for everybody. Can you hear me one, babe? We're going to go through these today in closing and then... As we, as we declare them together, we'll start on the 2 Corinthians 5.17 side. I tried to group them together as like personal declarations on, at the beginning. And then as we move to the end, it goes from personal declarations to things that you declare over your family, your husband, your children, those around you. And so it's just declarations to speak from your mouth. I gave scripture references. A lot of these, actually, there's a lot of great resources from other great pioneering ministries and Joyce Myers has many resources on this so I, I, I collected a lot of her declarations and put them in here I, I calified some of them and changed them up because you know Joyce is a powerful woman and get from other people like like Kenneth Hagin declarations that I've heard him say for years that I put in here because I believe that there's power in what we say over our lives amen everybody got one all right we'll begin second Corinthians five seventeen. Let's try and read this together, and hopefully it's like we can get in unison and then not be, you know, when you try and read in a group, it's always painful. Amen. All right, one, two, three. 
I am a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. I have died and been raised with Christ and am now seated in heavenly places. I am dead to sin and alive unto righteousness. Come on, one second right there. When things come at you, sin tries to entice you. I am dead to sin. Sin does not rule in my life. I do not desire sin. I am alive unto righteousness. Amen. I desire the righteousness of God. That's how I'm alive. Isaiah 54, 17. Let's start. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper, but every tongue that rises against me in judgment, God shall show to be in the wrong. Come on. You ain't got to vindicate yourself. The mighty King of kings and Lord of lords will vindicate you. You just stay the course. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11. I prosper in everything I put my hand to. I have prosperity in all areas of my life, spiritually, financially, mentally, and socially. Socially. Come on, grab that. You will have friends. You will be loved. You will be friendly. Come on, somebody. That's why we started with hugs today. You know, you needed that hug. Amen. I ain't got no friends. 2022, you're going to have a plethora of friends. You're going to have tea parties, and they're all going to be sipping from your cups. Amen. You ain't called to do life alone. 2 Corinthians 10.5, I take every thought captive under the obedience of Jesus Christ, casting down every imagination and every high and lofty thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Therefore, all my thoughts are positive. I do not allow Satan to use my spirit as a garbage dump by meditating on negative things that he offers me. Ooh. I don't speak negative things. Hallelujah. I don't speak negative things. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. I will speak forth the righteousness of God all the day long. I never bind a sister or brother with the words of my mouth. Stop right there. There's too many people going around letting jealousy go unchecked with your mouth and trying to speak death over your brothers and sisters when they go into stuff. Do not be that person. You see a brother being blessed, you don't bind them. You don't declare utterance or jealousy. You speak the blessing of God and realize the same God that prospered them is the same God that you serve. And anything they have, you can have. Amen. Too many Christians, they they let jealousy out of their mouth. I tell you what, they're just blessed because they manipulate people. Have you seen it? You know it's true. You got to discipline yourself. I'm not that dude. I don't don't know how they got there. And if they got there through impure motives, I know that God will be the one to shine a light. Amen. Amen. I can trust my God. He's the judge. I'm not the dude trying to uncover every dirty thing. I ain't looking for that. I'm looking for righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So I never bind a sister or brother with the words in my mouth. Romans 15, 2, I am always a positive encouragement. I edify and build up. I never tear down or destroy. I am a believer, not a doubter. That's Kenneth Hagin. Say it again. I'm a believer, not a doubter. I am slow to speak, quick to hear, and slow to anger. I'm a doer of the word. I meditate on the word all day long. I will study the word of God, and I will pray. I never get tired or grow weary when I study the word, pray, minister, or praise God, but I'm alert and full of energy, and as I study, I become more alert and more energized. Amen. Every time I read the word, I fall asleep. This is for you. You put that up there, and you will read, and you will be energized. Amen. Acts 20, 35. I'm a giver, 
and it's more blessed to give than to receive. I love to give, and I have plenty of money to give away all the time. I cast all my cares on the Lord, for he cares for me. I don't have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I do not fear. I am not guilty. I am not passive about anything, but I deal with all things in my life immediately. I know the state of my life, and I conquer today. Ooh, grab that, baby. Woo! Firing myself up right now. Jesus. I'm passive. I'm not letting the devil in the playground and letting him see how long he wants to hang out with me. You ain't hanging out at all. You ain't in my garden. You ain't in my teacup. I don't know where a teacup came from, but I've been apparently I'm talking about tea with friends and all sorts of anybody want to spot a tea later. Apparently I must have watched too many British Christmas movies so far. Cheerio, old chap. Hey. John 5, 8, 15, do not, I do not judge my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus after the flesh. I'm a spiritual man and I'm judged by no one. I operate in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are tongues and interpretation of tongues, the working of miracles, discerning of spirits, the word of faith, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, healings and prophecy. That is my desire. Shout it out. That's my desire. The Bible says you don't have it unless you desire it. I desire it. Galatians 5.16, I walk in the spirit all the time. My flesh is not allowed to rule me. Shut up, flesh. I have been set free. I am free to love, free to worship, free to trust with no fear of rejection or being hurt. I have compassion and understanding for all people. I do not hate or walk in unforgiveness. I catch the enemy in all his deceitful lies. I cast them down and choose rather to believe the word of God. Work is good. I enjoy work. Let's stop right there. Young kids, this is for you. Amen. Some things you put in, this generation, work is good. Amen. I enjoy work. I am a responsible person. I enjoy responsibility, and I rise to every responsibility in Jesus. Now, I personally put that in for myself. Amen. (laughs) I am creative because the Holy Spirit lives in me. I take good care of my body. I eat right, I look good, I feel good, and I weigh what God wants me to weigh. Come on, somebody. 2022, get ready. Hollywood ain't going to be known for its bodies. The church will be known for its bodies. (laughs) The air just sucked out of the room. Whatever. Isaiah 53. Pain. cannot successfully come against my body because Jesus bore all my pain. Hallelujah. It may come, but it ain't going to be successful. I lay hands on the sick and they recover. I have a teachable spirit. I do not think more highly of myself than I ought. I have humbled myself and God has exalted me. I do what I say I will do and I get where I'm going on time. For all my Spanish friends out there. Oh! I'm just teasing. Africans do it too. Africans have a saying, come now now. Now now means like eight weeks to three minutes. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming now now. In America, now now means now now. I get where I'm going on time. Proverbs 29 or 19 too. I don't hurry and rush and I do one thing at a time. 
I am anointed of God for ministering to others. I help those captive become free. Men, I love and honor my wife. I daily choose to lay down my life as Christ laid down for his bride. My prayers are not hindered. Wives, I am obedient wife and no rebellion operates in me. I'll try and read it like you. My husband is wise. <laughs> my wife's uncomfortable. She thinks I do that too well. Amen. My, my husband is wise. He's the king and the priest of our home. He makes godly decisions. Now, ladies, this is saying, sometimes it's saying those things which are not as though they are. But if you declare it long enough and you pour into him, he will become what you say. Amen. And I do, I really do believe that. And I've met a lot of women that have testified that through the faithfulness of loving their husband and honoring and speaking things out, their husbands have come around sometimes later in life to such a level of just godliness that it's, it's absolutely beautiful to see. Amen? Amen? So, all of my children have lots of Christian friends. And God has set aside a Christian wife or husband for each of them. Shababa. My children love to pray and study the word. They openly and boldly praise God. My children make the right choices according to the word of God. All my households are blessed in their deeds. We're blessed when we come in and when we go out. All that I own is paid for. I owe no man anything except to love him. And for 2022, Isaiah 54, 1 Chronicles, my territory is enlarging and my influence is growing. Somebody give God some praise. Hallelujah. Listen, we love you guys so much. If you want to stand to your feet right now. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.